Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What he's saying is that only through him is salvation possible. How popular is that today? It's not popular. Pastor Mark, that's way too narrow. Truth is narrow. Two plus two is four. Pretty narrow. It's not 4.2. It's not 3.8. It's four. Notice what Jesus is saying, though. Jesus makes it clear that any other religious ruler, I won't mention names, who offers salvation other than the teachings of Christ is what? A thief and a robber. In Jesus' time, Just like today, there are many options to choose from for gods to worship. In addition to the pagan gods of Greece and Rome, there was the corruption of the Jewish religion, which had developed into an appearance-driven facade. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about how Jesus, coming onto the scene, disrupted all of those established things. By living what he taught, backing up his words with miracles that no one could deny, he upset the Jewish religious leaders quite a bit. His followers would go on to upset the order of the rest of the world of that time. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Numbers chapter 27 as he continues his message, I Am the Door. Your old sin nature, mine as well, can rise up at any time. It shocks us. The reason is, what kind of a world do we live in? Smell, and touch, and hear, and see. We live in these five senses. It's all around us. And the result often is we listen to our own reasoning. Well, this seems right. This seems great. Or... And by the way, that's why we read this verse in Proverbs. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He's the shepherd and follow him. So we go to our own reasoning. We go to our five senses. But here's another big one. Many times we respond to our emotions. He said, well, Pastor Mark, you're just talking about the ladies. <laughs> Not really. All of us have emotions. If I say this word, think about how you reacted. When you got hurt, how did you respond? Initially, how did you respond? Out of my emotion. Man or woman, doesn't matter. When you got angry, how did you respond? Out of your emotion. Ever done an email and clicked it and sent it back to somebody and went? (laughs) Come on. Uh, How how do I get it? Can I get it back? Is there a way to get it back? Blah, blah, blah. How many know it's better to wait a whole day, pray, and then send the response? How'd you learn that? Click. I've learned it the same way. Oh, man. You've done the same thing, haven't you? 
As a manager, I remember as a young kid when I was in pharmacy, I remember I'd, you know, come on, get it right. And pretty soon I'm like, that's stupid because I'm not thinking it through. I'm operating out of emotion. Let me cool it. Think about it. Ask God to help me. Come back tomorrow. Good thing for marriages as well because we get in trouble. So that voice of self happens in so many ways. But now we have the third way, and that's the voice of God. What does the voice of God sound like to you? Do you know many people, the voice of God does sound condemning and angry. That's not our God. He's a God of gentleness and faithfulness. The Bible even says he knows we're what? Clay. Dirt. He knows we fail. That's why we have grace. Don't think of your God who's angry at you. He loves you. He did everything for you. And so when we hear this voice of God, there's lots of ways. I'm not going into all that. But I want you to turn just to two areas. And let's think about the voice of God. John 14, if you will. You're close by. John 14, go down to verse 26. What is the voice of God? How does it work? Let me just preface it by saying this before we read these verses. You remember when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in you. He's the third person of the Trinity. Now, do you think God has to shout at us to get our attention? In fact, very often we hear exactly the opposite in the scripture. Remember Elijah? How did God speak to him? In a still, small voice. Now, why is it? Well, it's spirit, but number two, where is he? How far is he? Hello. We don't need a big hearing aid. He's right here. And he speaks to us. So look at what the Holy Spirit has promised to do in our life. 1426. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So that's the voice of God. He's going to speak to us. Scoot over to chapter 16. This counselor is going to be our teacher. He's speaking to you tonight. He's speaking to me as the pastors here study. Myself and Pastor Dave. As we study, who speaks to us? Well, sometimes a commentator for sure. But who really speaks to us? The Spirit speaks to us. That's how we organize these things. Because God is speaking to us. Look at John 16, 13. But when he... The spirit of truth, which is exactly the opposite of the spirit of lies, who is Satan, comes, he will guide you. Notice it does not say, he will drive you into all truth. What's wrong with you? Can't you ever learn? He will guide you. He's a gentleman into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you What is yet to come. So you have a teacher. I have a teacher. I have a guide. I can know the will of God. Among all those voices that clamor for our intention, nothing is more comforting than hearing the shepherd's voice. When I'm studying, and I know I have his heart, my study's over because I now know what he wants me to say. 
But there's so much clamor in all of our lives, isn't there? So much stuff. But when we finally get quiet, and sometimes it can be in the middle of an activity. You remember Philip comes to mind. Philip's in a great revival. Here's the spirit in the middle of the revival. People getting saved. Demons coming out. Here's the spirit say, head to the desert. How in the world would he do that? Because he knew the spirit's voice. He goes to the desert. Now it's quiet. Next thing he hears is what? There's an old camel train going right over here. Just hop on board. Go talk to that guy. How did he do that? He knew the voice of the shepherd. See, you can only do that by spending time with the shepherd. So in spite of all of these noise or lack of noise, God speaks to us. Now, here's what you have to remember. Yes, he speaks through dreams. Yes, he speaks through people. Yes, he speaks through circumstances. Yes, he speaks through open and closed doors. That's a little complicated. But where does he speak to us most from? Right here. You don't need to write it. This is just to remind you. You say, well, Pastor Mark, why are you studying the Bible? Because God speaks to us mostly through the Word of God. Now, let me remind you of one thing. The voice of God and the Word of God are inseparable. You will never hear God say to you to do something that the Word doesn't tell you to do. It's the same God. It's the same Word. God's will never contradicts His written Word. Now, back to John 10, 7. Therefore, Jesus said again, now he's going to change to the second kind of sheep pen. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. Here we're introduced to that second kind of sheep pen. This would be the kind that you and I are most familiar with. The one that's out in the countryside where the shepherds, in the good weather, would keep the sheep out in the field during the night. This type of pen was not something that was constructed. Normally, it would be nothing more than some rocks piled up, made kind of into a wall, a little space for the open door. And because there would be no door for the sheep to go in to be protected, the shepherd at night would bring the sheep in through that opening. And since there's no door, you've heard me teach on this before, what would the shepherd do? He'd lay down in front of the door and he would become the the door. So now I want you to think about that. Jesus says, I'm the door. Just pretend you're in the sheepfold. And the enemy's outside these walls. And the enemy can only get to you through the door. Who's there? Hallelujah. Do you feel better already? When you lay down, do you need to be fearful? What's that noise? Why would you be fearful? Your shepherd's guarding the door. He is the door. It's a great picture. It's not a man. I mean, we try to be that place for you to peace and comfort, pastors do. But your shepherd is not human. Your shepherd is God. Now, when Jesus begins to say that, that's common to the people. They understand it. For us, it takes a little while to understand this is a different kind of a sheepfold. Now, 2,000 years ago, the sheepfold referred to the Jewish nation. Who is that sheepfold today? 
Christians of all nations of the world. Now look at John 10.8. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. Now what's he saying? In this context, Jesus is telling us that he's not only the shepherd of the sheep, he calls his own, he's the shepherd, the city pen, he calls them and they follow him. But he is also the door of the sheep. So it's two things. He's a shepherd and he's the door. Here in verse 8, it's a vivid contrast to the religious leaders of his time who he describes as what? Thieves and robbers. Now look at verse 9. I am the gate. I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So we see this all through the Bible. If a sinful man wanted to get to a holy God, there's only one way. He or she would have to go through the door. They'd have to go through Jesus. Jesus, at another passage, what's he say later on in the book of John? I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. If anyone wants to get to the Father, you have to come through me. So Jesus is on the door. What he's saying is that only through him is salvation possible. How popular is that today? It's not popular. Pastor Mark, that's way too narrow. Truth is narrow. Two plus two is four. Pretty narrow. It's not 4.2. It's not 3.8. It's four. Notice what Jesus is saying, though. Jesus makes it clear that any other religious ruler, I won't mention names, who offers salvation other than the teachings of Christ is what? A thief and a robber. You know what I'm talking about. There's many ways. So, what is this door to us? Here we are. Write this down. Jesus is the only door to God, but it's not just to God. He's the door to forgiveness. He's the door to salvation. And by the way, he's the door to heaven. He's the only way. Satan offers all kinds of other doors and all kinds of other shepherds. He offers the doors of pleasure and of power and of possessions and position as an alternative to Jesus. Satan suggests, in fact, that man can become his own shepherd, his own guy. You don't need a God. I don't need a God. I'm wise enough myself. Now, we've learned this from the book of Ecclesiastes. You remember one time Solomon, who was able to do this, he went through every kind of door you can imagine. Building, women, money, education, music. He built gardens. He went through all of those doors. And what did Solomon discover? Here's what you want to write down. Here's the key. Understand this. The many doors of Satan lead to nowhere. They're all dead ends. They can never, ever satisfy. Power, position, any of those things. Pleasure, possessions. Remember the rich guy with the barns? I got so much good stuff. I, man, the crop is amazing. I'm going to build more. What did Jesus say to him? Fool, tonight your life will be required of you. How did you come into this world? Anybody remember how you came into this world? How did they say it in Georgia? Say it with me. Naked. It's okay to say naked. The Bible talks about it. We came into this world naked. 
You know how you're going to go out? Empty-handed. Do you know that? Think about that. Naked, leave empty-handed. Nothing. James talks about that. It's good for us to remember. In between are lots of dead ends. Doors you don't want to go through. All kinds of sorrow. You want to hear the shepherd's voice and follow him. Because that's where life is. Now, Jesus is not a door, but the door. When a person goes through the door, things are different. When a person receives Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they receive life on earth and guaranteed access to heaven. Now, look at verse 9 again. Let's go through it, the second part. First part, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be what? Saved. So to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, this isn't hard for you to explain to the lost person. They say, well, how do you really get saved? Well, there's only one real way you can get saved. You don't go through the shepherd thing and there's two kind of sheepfolds. You would never use that. This is for you and I to understand. There's only one way to God. And that's through Jesus. But look at the last part of this. Do you realize how many people will not come to church, don't want to turn their life over to God, and let me say this kindly if I can, and so you'll understand it, because they've met so many Christians that are miserable in their Christian walk. I think Spurgeon said, one of those guys that brilliant, said so many people have just enough religion to make them miserable. So what we shine to other people is, well, if you come and serve God, it's really hard, it's going to cost you. It costs you to be a disciple. Well, then I'm not interested. Really? I've discovered anything that's worthwhile, it's going to cost me. Haven't you? You got married, didn't you? Come on. (laughs) Did it cost you? Yeah, remember the remote you used to control? (laughs) I don't know, Pastor Mark. We have one in the bedroom, and I go there, and she goes there. Really? Nice marriage. Okay, we want the counseling is over. Okay. (laughs) But the world will not come to Christ, many people, because they think we're miserable. As Christians. And to be honest, many are. There's no joy. So, but notice what Jesus says here. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And watch this. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Does that sound horrible to you? When you look at that, what do you see there? I'm going to give you two things I want you to write tonight. And I want you to begin thinking about these this week. Number one, here it is. Jesus is a door into the sheepfold. When I go into that sheepfold, what does that signify as a sheep? Three things. Protection. My shepherd is right nearby. Have a relationship. And what's the next one? Rest. Do you know one of our major problems in our world In the United States, I don't know about the world. I do know about the United States tonight because my old background. You know what one of the major problems is? People cannot sleep. You'd be shocked at the number of people that every night have to have a sleeping pill to sleep. Now, we all get anxious. We all have some times, yeah, I'll take a half a Benadryl or something if it's crazy or whatever. But guys, let me just say, when you lay down the shepherds in your room, peace is a blessing from the Lord. We don't need a blessing. We have protection. 
So when we're in the sheepfold, there's protection. We're in the arms of God. We're protected by God. Now, that's a wonderful lifestyle. You're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Do you feel God's protection and rest? Are you enjoying that quiet time with God? You see, usually when we get up in the morning, we're still in the sheepfold. That's where our quiet time is. All of us have left the sheepfold without talking to the shepherd. Doesn't go too good that way. Talk to your shepherd when you're quiet time before you leave the sheepfold. Look at the next one. Write this down. Jesus is also the door out to green pastures. A life full of purpose and satisfaction. Not just one way. Well, Pastor Mark, if I serve God, I'm going to get stuck. Pretty boring, miserable life. No, 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 no. In and out. In and out is a picture of freedom. I find a lifestyle that is full of purpose and meaning. That's a life of a person who daily follows Jesus into the pastures of this world. That's what freedom is all about. That is where real life is lived. So just stop for a moment. I have one more verse I'm going to share with you, but I want you just to meditate on this in a moment. When you hear his voice, it means you're one of his sheep. He is the door. He's the door in and out. He's the door to blessing in your life, to abundance in your life. He's the door to protection and rest. He opens the door to freedom. You have the freedom to follow him. You have the freedom not to follow him. But we all know what's best. We don't lean to our own understanding. We just follow the shepherd. That culmination of that chapter is not in verse 9, but it's really verse 10. You know it by heart. Take a look. Read it. Let's see what it says. The thief comes only. That's his purpose. is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, as the shepherd, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. The Message Bible says this. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Here's what I want you to meditate on. The last thing to write. When we walk through Jesus, the door, everything in our life changes. Into the sheepfold, in out of the sheepfold. Our life is not changed for the worse. Our life is changed for the better. You're blessed going in and going out. When you lie down, when you get up. Sounds like Deuteronomy, doesn't it? For our children, how we're to share with them the truth of the wonderful God. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you in his teaching that your sin nature can rise up at any time. You heard about the danger of letting your emotions influence how you respond to difficulties. Pastor Mark taught about your need to have the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. And you discovered that when you're obeying God, He gives you peace, even in the middle of storms. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This closes out Pastor Mark's teaching series, The Great I Am's. We hope that this group of messages has aided your growth in Christ. Knowing more about who God is and what He wants to do in our lives is important in improving your understanding of God. We trust that as you meditate on the things you heard, that God will speak to your heart and encourage you in your walk as a Christ follower. Well, that's all the time we have for this broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a herd